and welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it is a pleasure to come your way here on the program uh, to bring you uh, our guests and the subject matter, another conversation that I think you're going to uh, enjoy. I know I am going. I always enjoy these programs. I love doing this. And we're going to be talking about the seven-figure life, how to uh, leverage the four focal factors, the four focus factors for more wealth and happiness. My guest is Dr. John. I stand, let me rephrase that. It's actually Dr. Noah St. John. <laughs> Welcome to our program today. Thank you for being with us. It's a pleasure to be here. And um, I know that this is a really big issue for a lot of people, but we need to make sure we're all on the same page here when you're talking about the seven-figure life. Are we actually talking about uh, becoming millionaires? Well, that's certainly part of it. I mean, I've helped a lot of people <laughs> become millionaires and, you know, uh, add six and seven and even eight figures to their lives. Uh, I'm I'm a, an executive coach, a business coach. Um, I'm also known as the mental health coach to the stars. And so, you know, over the last 25 years, I've helped a lot of people to, yeah, make a lot of money, but more importantly, really win their lives back. And I use that term very specifically because there's a lot of people who are working really, really hard, whether in their job, their business, their career, they're putting in tons of hours, their you know, stress level is you know, through the roof, they're feeling overworked and underappreciated. And so you know, one of the things that I'm known for is helping people to, yes, definitely make a lot of money, but more importantly, really win their lives back using these four focus factors that I talk about in, in my new book, The Seven Figure Life. So really, yes, it's about money, but it's, a, it's about a heck of a lot more than money. Mm. Well, and that's one of the things that I have heard that, uh, yes, it is important. It we you know, we it's, it's how we have to do pay our bills. It's how we put food on the table, put gas in the car, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Clothes on our backs. That's right. Um, and yet at the same time, it's it can be a bit of a trap because we get locked into that paradigm, if you will. Um, and I, I can't think of any other way to phrase this, uh, uh, Noah, of indentured servants, mm. you know, um, because if we don't do that, if we don't go out and find a job that pays the money to do all of those things. Um, then, you know, we're considered bums and this and that and the other thing. And we may wind up on the street living that lifestyle, you know, and, and it's like, I, 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 I don't even want to think about that. I, I really don't. Now you started out uh, with um, a little more um, indenturedness than I, uh, I've twice uh, and I I have no problems speaking about this. I have twice filed bankruptcy with over thirty thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, with really no no end in sight. Mm. And the third time I faced that, I said no. I'm going to do something different. But I want to know what did you do to turn that around and get rid of your forty plus thousand dollar uh, indebtedness, uh, living what was it in your parents' basement? Well, let me go back a little bit further to give people the Please. context here. Okay, Please. so I grew up poor in a rich neighborhood. Now, I know that's a total cliche, but it's totally true. I grew up in a little town called Kennebunkport, Maine, uh -huh. which is one of the wealthiest communities in New England. But my family was dirt poor. And I mean that literally because we lived at the bottom of a dirt road in a drafty, unfinished house that my parents ended up losing to foreclosure when I was just 15 years old. So I grew up, you know, with the painful experience of the gap, the chasm between the haves and the have nots. The haves was everyone else in the community and the have nots was my family. And so, you know, I'm sure we've all heard those speakers. They get on stage like a motivational speaker or something. They'll get on stage and they'll say something like this. Well, you know, we were poor, but we were happy. We didn't know we were poor, but I'll tell you what, in my family, we freaking knew we were poor <laughs> because <laughs> because our mother, bless, bless her heart, she reminded us every day that we were poor and miserable. So no, it wasn't happy. It sucked. OK. And so 
from the time I was very young, I hated that life of poverty, fear, lack, not enoughness. That's what I grew up with in my family. But I saw that right down the street, there's great wealth and abundance. So I literally said, how the heck do I get from here to there? Now, of course, this was, you know, long before the Internet. There was no coaches or things like that or mentors or, you know, I was just a kid. So I did the only thing that I could think of to do, which is I went to the library and I started reading books on self-help, on personal growth, on success. You know, all the classics, Dale Carnegie, Napoleon Hill, Stephen Covey, you know, all mm -hmm. the classics that, you know, we love. And I read these books. I read so many of them and they all said pretty much the same thing. And I said, OK, I got to just, you know, work hard and stay positive, all these things. Right. So I really, really tried for many, many years, but I just couldn't seem to get it to work as hard as I worked, as hard as I tried. I just couldn't seem to get it to work. So at the age of 25, I was at a very low point in my life. I was you know, broke. My girlfriend had just left me. I mean, it sounds like a country music song, right? But it's, <laughs> it's true. It really happened. But, you know, and so I was so frustrated and depressed. I said, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore. And I decided to take my own life. I decided to commit suicide. Oh. Now, at the very last moment, my life was spared. Now, I didn't know why at the time. But I said, you know, well, I'm still here, but I don't know why. I don't know why I'm here on the earth. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't even know what I'm doing here. And so that means I've got to find out. I got to answer these questions, you know, these age old questions. Why am I here? What is my purpose? And things like that. So I went back to the library <laughs> and I started reading more books. That was that was always my default. Right. As a nerd, I just love reading. You can see I'm surrounded by books here, many of which yeah. I but anyway, so I went back to the library, started reading books on spiritual growth, like so more of an inner journey. Right. So like the first, you know, when I was the, at the first time, I was trying to read about all this outer success, which that didn't work for me. So I went on an inner journey. I started reading spiritual books like Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, Ernest Holmes, Louise Hay and, and you know, are the spiritual thinkers of our time. Well, fast forward many years. And then in 1997, I had two epiphanies that led to creating my company, which is at the time I was in a living in a 300 square foot basement apartment. I had $800 to my name and a book on HTML. That's all I had. But I started my company. It's called successclinic.com, which is still around today, you know, 25 plus years later. And so I realized that, you know, I had this vision and I'm like, this is my purpose. This is why I'm here. And it was Really, I discovered what was missing in the traditional success literature, all those books that I spent all those years reading. I realized what was what was missing and that I could create something different that was really needed. So that's what I started doing. And so I started with no money, no marketing, no sales, no business experience of any kind. I just had a vision, a, a dream as to, as Steve Jobs put it, put a dent in the universe. So, you know, money would just come in and I would invest it right back in my business. And I would I spent a lot of money on all the gurus, you know, all those guys out there that, you know, purport to tell you how to make money online and all those things. So I gave them tons of money only to find out that they can't teach their way out of a paper bag. And so they took me in a lot of wrong directions, gave me a lot of bad advice. So I ended up in 2007, 10 years after I started in basement. Uh, basement number one, I ended up $40,000 in debt in basement number two, just <laughs> working out of my parents' basement. So try that on for size. 10 years of hard work, you go from basement number one with $800 to basement number two, $40,000 in debt. And like, wait a minute, we're going in the wrong direction, guys. You know? <laughs> and so it was, I realized it was because of all that really bad advice that I got, you know, and listening to those guys. And so that is when I realized that I have to do something different, right? A blinding flash of the obvious, right? If you want to get different results, you have to do something different, right? We all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting mm -hmm. a different result. Mm -hmm. But that's what I've been doing all those 10 years. Uh, you know, listening to all those guys and, you know, all giving me really bad advice and spending all this money. And they're like, oh my gosh, this doesn't work. You know what they're saying. So I realized that, you know, I've got to do something different. And I also realized something else, which is that everything you desire is on the other side of fear. If you think about that, for the folks listening to the program, think about the things that you want, right? You know, we want 
you know, more money. We want more happiness. We want to live a fulfilled life. Maybe you want to write a book or you want to, you know, maybe we lose weight, find love. So it's, again, it's not just about money. It's about your whole life. But when you think about those things that you want, I'll, every single time when you think about that, there's always fear that comes up, right? So we have the fear. And what happens is that stops millions of people from going after what they truly desire. So what I realized back then, you know, in 2007 was everything that I want is on the other side of this fear. And so that is the very thing that I have to confront. And so that's what I did. And I hired my first real business coach, a coach who really finally sat down and helped me and showed me step by step exactly what to do so that I could get out of that bad situation that I found myself in after listening to, you know, all those gurus out there. And so that's when I put my programs together for the first time. And I started really making money online. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, there's a system to this. There's a formula that no one ever showed me before. And I started to apply the formula and it just worked time and time and time again. So I was able to pay off my debts. I became 100% debt free. I moved out of my parents' basement, thank goodness. <laughs> and so I moved here to Ohio. And uh, three weeks after I moved to Ohio, I met the woman who would become my wife. We've been married, you know, we've been together 16 years now. And really, that is the one decision that changed everything for me. So the lesson for everyone listening is you know, whenever you're looking at the things that you desire, that you want, realize that they're always going to be on the other side of fear. And most people let that fear stop them. Don't let that fear stop you. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, it's it's one of those. Uh, th there are some sayings that we've heard over the years uh, that um, have not helped us in, in some in some ways. And for some, it maybe has helped. Uh, I know that the one phrase that I can think of off the top of my head is uh, uh, is uh, that um, uh, what do I how do I want to put this? Um, Money is the root of all evil. And actually, that is um, that is the incorrect phraseology. Uh, it, it actually is because um, money is not it's not the money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. And I know that there are some people who that's kind of their goal to make just as much as they possibly can. And I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with that. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to criticize anybody for if that's your goal. Okay, great. More power to you. By the same token, I have a feeling that's not real fulfilling. <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, looking at my, my new book, The Seven Figure Life, and looking at, you know, the, the subtitle is how to leverage the four focus factors for more wealth and happiness. So people ask me all the time, well, Noah, so what are these four focus factors, right? So, um, you know, as an executive coach, a business coach, I'm also a keynote speaker. I get to speak to, you know, teams, organizations, companies all around the country and around the world, whether live or virtually. And so one of the things I like to do with my audience members when I'm doing my keynote presentations is I, I like to play a little game. I say, OK, everybody, I tell you what, we're going to play a little game right now. And I say, all right, now I'm going to give you a million dollars right now. Sound good? And they're like, yeah, of course, that sounds amazing, right? And I say, well, there's just one catch. And they say, well, what's that? I say, well, OK, so I'm going to give you a million dollars. The catch is that you have no time to enjoy it. You have to be working all the time. You never get to spend any time with your family or your loved ones. And you're working day and night. And you just never get any time to enjoy all this money that you got. All right. Sound good? And they're like, no, not really. No, that, that's not that great. I said, okay. All right, fine. I'll tell you what. I'll give you a million dollars. But the catch is you have to be sad, depressed, and miserable all the time. Sound good? No. Uh, no, that doesn't sound very good. All right. Okay. All right, fine. I'll tell you what. I'll give you a million dollars. But you have nobody to enjoy it with, right? You have no relationships, you have no family, no friends, right? So it's just all by yourself and it's a very lonely existence. All right, sound good? No, none of that sounds any good, Noah, right? So you see, that's how I like to play that game. And I make it very obvious, you know, once you put it in that way and people go, oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way, right? So that's why the four focus factors that I teach you in the book are in fact, time, energy, relationships, and money. All right. So when you look at time, energy, relationships and money, those are the things, right, that we all want more of. Right. If you think about it, 
you know, would you would you ever meet anybody who says, yeah, no, I really want less time. I want less energy. I want lousy relationships. I want less money. Of course not. Right. You'd have to be crazy. Right. So, of course, we all want more time, more energy, better relationships and more money. But here's the funny thing about these four focus factors. What I want people to realize is that you already have all of them. You have time right now because you're not dead, right? If you're listening to this program, my guess is you're not dead yet. Okay, so you have time. The clock Mm -hmm. is ticking, yes, but you have time. Mm -hmm. Number two, you have energy because you're not dead yet. (laughs) All right, so here you are, you're breathing, right? You're here, that's what energy is, you're alive. Okay, so hello, you have energy. Now you have relationships. Now, my guess is you're not a hermit living somewhere in the mountains. You know, you have relationships, you have family, friends, whatever it might be. So you've got relationships and yes, you have money. So here's what everybody complains about. But Noah, I don't have enough. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough energy. I don't have the right relationships. And I definitely don't have enough money. Aha. Okay. So what I just showed you is, and that's why I use that word leverage, right? That's why the word leverage is right in the, in the title, the subtitle of the book, The Seven Figure Life. Because I want you to realize, well, wait a minute, everybody complains that they don't have enough, but you have some, Mm -hmm. you have some right now. So everybody's sitting around hoping and wishing, gee, I wish I had more time. I wish I had more energy. I wish I had better relations. I wish I had more money. Well, guess what? Wishing and hoping is not a strategy. So what I do is in my coaching, whether it's one-on-one coaching or group coaching or in my books, I teach you how to leverage these things that you already have so you can use what you have to get more of what you really want. Well, I, I mean, it's there's there's so much there that it's, you know, uh, I think that people need to go to um, uh, basically they need to go to your website. And by the way, his website is uh, let's see here. Noah St. John dot com. N.O.A.H.S.T.J.O.H.N. dot com to find out more about not only this particular book, but also the uh, 20 other books that he's written, along with all kinds of other incredible stuff as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, Noah St. John, Dr. Noah St. John is our guest here on the program. And and uh, I've mentioned before about the website, noahstjohn.com. We certainly hope that you will go there. We'll be linked, by the way, to your website uh, to find out more. You can also find uh, the book at uh, sevenfigurelifebook.com, sevenfigurelifebook.com. Comes with uh, some great uh, extras, some free stuff, a uh, uh, $300 value uh, coming at you, uh, bonus gifts and so forth when you buy the book. Is it in Audible yet? Yes, it is. Yes, it's on Audible as well as hard copy and Kindle. So yeah, anywhere books are sold and All Audible. Right. Wonderful. I, I love listening to books, been listening for well, for decades, I've been listening since the uh, late 1960s, but it wasn't audible back then. It was more no, it was recordings for and talking books for the blind and visually impaired. Mm. Uh, I actually worked for a radio reading service in my 20s into my 30s. Wow. Uh, loved it. It was for the blind and visually impaired. We read newspapers, books, magazines, all kinds of printed stuff. And I was even the producer, um, along with the director of uh, what uh, uh, radio theater loved that it was such a blast and we had so much fun um and and one of the things uh, this this kind of goes to one of the points that you talk about as well in terms of getting rid of that 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 uh, uh we'll call it that trash mindset about money um and and in in this business uh, that I'm in and if it were just exclusively radio, uh, it definitely applies. But I've branched out. I produce audio books as well. I'm a narrator and so forth. Uh, do all kinds of other things. Um, and um, there are those who will say that uh, if you don't want to make any money, get into this business because there really isn't any money. And it's like, well, that might be true for the majority, but it isn't necessarily true for those who are good at what they do. Uh, and this kind of goes to the point of working hard or hardly working uh, and, you know, and all of these different sayings. And you have uh, you have a, a registered trademark of affirmations. You actually have a book of affirmations. And it seems one of the things we've talked about on this program is somehow finding a way to rewrite the subconscious programming. Mm-hmm. 
Now, is that where the that's where the affirmations come in, is it not? Yes, it is. Yes. And you're absolutely right. And for the folks listening, I just want to make sure that you realize we're saying a new word here. This is a word that I invented, actually, uh, more than 25 years ago, and it's affirmation. So it's spelled A-F-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N-S, affirmations, not affirmations, okay. uh, but affirmations. And by the way, you can go to affirmations.com and learn more about my affirmations method that I invented. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so everybody who's listening to this program, I'm sure knows what an affirmation is, right? An right, affirmation right. is, mm -hmm. you know, we've all, every self-help book says the same thing, right? They say, well, you use these positive statements like, you know, uh, and, and actually this is another one of the things that I do in my keynote presentations, uh, you know, by teams or cor companies, corporations, organizations around the, uh, around the world, mm -hmm. which is I like to say, okay, all right, everybody, we're going to say an affirmation, just like they taught us. Now, everybody say, I am rich, right? And you know what? They, they, so they say, I am rich. And you know what happens next? Everyone starts laughing. And I go, <laughs> what, are you, what are you laughing at? And they say, well, I'm not rich. And I say, but you just said you were. And then they go, yeah, but I don't believe it. See, now, isn't that the problem with the old method, right? We were taught, we've been taught literally for, you know, well over a century that all you have to do is say these positive statements and then they'll mm -hmm. be true someday. Yeah. And for a very small minority of the population, they actually do work. But for the vast majority of us, they really don't work at all, right? In fact, a scientific study was done recently that actually showed, and this is true, that 75% of people who use the old affirmations method actually end up more frustrated than before. Mm. <laughs> so imagine if you had a phone that didn't work three out of the four times that you tried to use it, you'd probably get a new phone, wouldn't you? Yeah. That's what I invented. I invented a better phone, <laughs> right? Which is a way to actually use your brain in the way that it was actually designed. So what I invented, discovered, you know, over uh, 25 years ago in 19, it was April, 1997. And I was actually in the shower in my books and my programs. I call it the shower that changed everything because, you know, the shower it changed my life and it's subsequently changed over 2 million lives all around the world. And so what I realized is that the old way of affirmations is using a statement, but I realized that the human brain is actually automatically wired to answer questions. For example, if I ask you, why is the sky blue? Why is the sky blue? Your brain mm. instantly goes, I don't know. Why is the sky blue, right? But do you know what it's doing? It's searching for the answer. Yeah. Now, notice that happened automatically. You didn't even try to do it. In fact, you couldn't not do it. Yeah. So I said, now, wait a minute. This is, remember, this is back in 1997, over 25 years ago, in the shower. <laughs> and so I said, wait a minute. Why are we going around making statements we don't believe when the human mind responds automatically to questions? And I said, well, hmm, that's a good question. And what would that look like? Well, let's see. So I said, well, you've got, let's say you take a statement, right? Like, I am rich. And your brain goes, yeah, right. <laughs> right? So we don't believe it. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, if that's the statement, then what would the question be? And then I said, why am I so rich? Why am I so rich? Now, when you ask that question, what instantly starts to happen in your brain? You, you start, start to you start to come up with, uh, in many cases, non-monetary elements right. in your life. I'm rich. Why am I rich? Because I have a beautiful wife. I have a wonderful home, a great job that I love doing uh, to the advice of my father, to credit to my father and right. so forth. Exactly. So the point is you, your brain automatically started to search for the answer to the question. And like I, my earlier example, you couldn't not do it. So I said, mm -hmm. wait a second. What if instead of asking or saying these statements that we don't believe, why don't we just cut out the middleman and go right to the question? And I said, holy cow, I think I just invented something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I had to give it a name. And the name that I gave it was Affirmation. Now, by the way, I want people to realize that this didn't just you know, pop out of my alphabet soup. I actually invented, created this word very much on purpose. So let me show you. The word affirmations, right? The one we're all used to, comes from the Latin word firmare, which means to make firm. Now, the word affirmations that I invented over 25 years ago, and by the way, it's perfectly legitimate to invent a new word, right? When you have a new way of looking at the universe or a new technology, isn't it true? We very often need a new word, right? Like yeah. Oh, yeah. Google, 
right? YouTube, uh, webinar, computer, software, internet. These are all very new words in terms yeah. of human history. They've only been around a tiny, tiny short time. But of course, now we use them every single day. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a new technology. We need a new word. Well, what I invented is a new technology of the mind. Mm -hmm. And so the word affirmations comes from the Latin word formare, which means to form or give shape to. So mm -hmm. what I often ask my coaching clients, whether one-on-one -on -one or group coaching or my in my keynote presentations, I'll often say to my audience members, what if you're making something firm, but it's in the wrong form? That means you form the life you didn't even want, right? Yeah. And that happens by virtue of the questions that you're asking. But here's the key. Number one, most people don't even know they're doing this. And therefore, number two, they've never been shown how to take conscious control of their questions, thereby enabling them to change the questions, change their habits, change their results, and change their lives. So now using my affirmations method for the very first time, you can now take conscious control of the questions you're asking, change your questions, change your habits, change your beliefs, change your results, and thereby change your life. We're talking with uh, Dr. Noah St. John, and uh, we are talking about his uh, latest work having to do with uh, uh, some amazing discoveries, uh, inventions, and so forth that that he has uh, uh, gone through. The seven-figure life, how to leverage the four focus factors for more wealth and happiness. And we certainly hope that you will stay right where you are, tuned to I am tuned to tell me your story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And uh, um, this this whole aspect of of uh, uh, the affirmations as opposed to affirmations. One of the things I've been saying for for decades is that words have power. Mm -hmm. And this first came up when I was talking uh, to people back in, I want to say, I'm trying to remember what years it was, but I think it was in the 90s. We had a, a car salesman who ran for the governor's seat in, in Arizona. I'm originally from Phoenix. And he brought up a case against his opponent. He brought up a, 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 a case that had been settled. It was over and done with. There should have never been any discussion, but he brought it up anyway. And uh, basically through that and some other things that he said, he won the governor's race. He was also the first governor to be impeached. Uh, so that goes to show you karma is also involved there, in my opinion. But uh, I would share my disconcerting perspective with uh, others. And they would say, oh, come on, Richard. You're you're so naive. That's just politics. I said, no, it's not. If because words have power, if you're telling me that they don't, then why would this individual use those words against his opponent in order to win that office, in order to get convince you that he was the better person? And by the way. When it comes to candidates who are running for a particular office, if they criticize their opponent, I will not vote for them. If you cannot stand on your own, and this is a sidebar thing, then, then you have no reason to even be running. If you have to attack your opponent, then there's something wrong with you, mm. uh, with, your, with your ideology, if you will, mm. um, which is the reason why I have real problems with, with what's going on right now on a national level. It's just insane. Mm. But with your affirmations mm -hmm. in this regard to asking a question, mm -hmm. you take back your power, don't you? Oh, absolutely. In fact, um, you know, to your point, this is one of the things that I, I say all the time in my keynote presentations, you know, as a, as a keynote speaker. And what I'll do is I'll ask my audience members, how many of you have ever heard of the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Mm -hmm. Of course, every hand goes up, right? They oh, yeah. Say, mm -hmm. Of course, I've heard that, right? <laughs> and so I say, I'm just curious, how many of you had sticks and stones thrown at you that broke any of your bones? And usually, you know, zero. I mean, usually it's mm -hmm. like maybe one, but usually it's, you know, nobody. 
And so I say, well, that's interesting. Now, let me just ask you, how many of you have had words thrown at you that still hurt you to this day that maybe were thrown at you years or decades ago? Every single hand goes up. Mm-hmm. So do you see what I mean? So the point is that phrase sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me is, good, is a total lie. It's yes. a total lie. And of course, it was it was created by parents who were trying to say, hey, hey, kid, you know, don't worry about it. If they make fun of you or if they tease you, if they bully you, you know, don't worry about it. At least they didn't break your bones. I'm like, dang, I'd rather have my bones broken than broken than some of the stuff that was said to me. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly not alone in that. So do you see what I mean? So absolutely words have power. I can't tell you the people that I've coached, whether in one on one coaching or group coaching that are still carrying around the the pain, the the hurt from those words that were given to them, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. I mean, decades ago when they were just kids that they're still carrying around like you're dumb, you're stupid. Uh, you know, I wish you, you know, kids should be seen and not heard and just, oh, my gosh, just so much trash. Yeah. So anyway, so that's a very important point that I want people to realize that, yes, absolutely. Words uh, are very, very, you know, can, of course, build someone up as well as tear them down. That's true. So that's now, the second point that I want to point out, you know, when it comes to my affirmations method is a couple of things. First of all, you know, when I teach my, people my affirmations method, whether it's in my you know, coaching or my online programs or my books, people get very excited because they're like, oh, my gosh. First of all, I've never heard this before. Second, this is incredible. It actually works. I'm like, mm-hmm. And I say, you're welcome. <laughs> I say, you're welcome. I mean, this is great, isn't it? So what I want people to realize is that that is the first habit of what I call my power habit system. Now, not to get too far down a rabbit hole, but I have, uh, you know, in my studies, I've been doing this for a very long time and helped a lot of people make a lot of money and and get their lives back, um, is that what I realized is that highly successful people are doing these habits unconsciously that they don't even know they're doing and therefore they can't teach it. Okay. So that's why a lot of people come to me, they hire me, whether it's one-on-one coaching, group coaching, or keynote presentations, after they've gone to all the gurus, all the seminars out there, and they're still like, how come I'm still not really where I want to be in life? I'll give you a quick example of this. Now, I was uh, talking to one of my coaching clients. Her name's Tamisa. She's actually in Arizona, uh, an entrepreneur, and she is a self-proclaimed seminar junkie. That's her you know, term. That's her word. And she said, you know, I've been going to all these seminars and spent all this money, but she kept hitting this ceiling, you know, in her life, you know, in her, in her income, in her happiness and her self-confidence. It just, it was just a ceiling. And, you know, she's a really hard worker, very motivated, really vivacious, you know, great personality, but you know, she was just kept hitting that ceiling no matter how many seminars she went to. So she actually uh, joined one of my coaching programs and, you know, I was showing her the affirmations method and these unconscious habits that I talk about. Well, in the first two weeks of us working together, in the first two weeks of our coaching, she tripled her investment in the coaching in just two weeks time of working with me. And we hadn't even gotten to the money part yet. <laughs> That's what's so funny about it. We were just talking about these inner habits. Yeah. And, and you know what was even, all, I mean, as cool as that is, Um, She actually gained so much self-confidence and so much belief in herself as a result of doing these power habits that she decided to enter her first bikini contest. And she, you know, had never done anything like this before. And she was, you know, she was scared. She was nervous. But she said, you know, what? I'm going to face my fears. This is something I've always wanted to do. And she finally did it. She came in third place in her first bikini contest. Well, guess what? She's 68 years old. (laughs) <laughs> wonderful. And she looks amazing in the bikini. I'll tell you, she looks incredible. So you see, these are the kind of things that happen when you use these power habits and you change your you know, subconscious uh, limiting beliefs using my affirmations method. So what I want people to realize is a couple of things. Number one is you're already doing this. I know this might sound strange, but every human being on this planet is already using my affirmations method. They Mm. just don't know it yet. And that's because, number one, you know, they haven't heard me speak before, haven't read one of my books or gone to one of my programs. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing is most people on this planet are using very disempowering questions. They're unconsciously, unknowingly asking disempowering questions like, why am I so stupid? Why am I so fat? Why can't I do anything right? Why 
isn't my business growing? Why can't I get more patients or customers or clients to my business? Why is there more month left at the end of the money? <laughs> and when you ask lousy questions, what do you get? You get lousy answers, mm -hmm. right? And that creates a lousy life. So using my affirmations method and my power habit system, you know, when you put it all together, that's what enables a, you, what enables a person to literally change their questions. Therefore, that leads to changing their habits, that leads to changing their results, and that leads to really changing their lives in a very, very powerful way. Dr. Noah St. John is my guest. I've got more questions for him as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we are talking about uh, Dr. Noah St. John's uh, work and his book and some of the things that he's created, like the latest book of 20, uh, The Seven Figure Life, How to Leverage the Four focus factors for more wealth and happiness. And yes, they can go hand in hand. I love the little cartoon I saw once. Uh, this guy has got his head on the table and uh, he's sitting in a chair with his head on the table. And he says, you know, they say money doesn't try buy happiness, but I'd sure like to try, you know, and there is, I will say a fleeting level of happiness in terms of having more zeros uh, before the decimal point, um, you know, than than after the decimal point, <laughs> but at the same time, um, it's it's some people, and I, I would have to count myself in this category, would really like to be able to have an abundant bankroll so that I could. And I will share this uh, with you and our audience because, and I don't normally only because. Uh, I feel I feel strongly about sort of the uh, the biblical adage of doing one's alms in secret, and I don't. It, it must have come from him. That's all I can think of. I was coming across individuals who were in need on the streets, and rather than handing them cash, I would ask them what they needed. Now, this also came from some of the videos on YouTube, the little shorts that I've been watching. It's one guy by the name of Zach, and he'd go into a store or he'd be walking along the street and come across a homeless person. And and um, he would pretend to need a few bucks, a dollar or two for the bus. And in many instances, they were able to help him out. And and at that point, he would then uh, reveal that I really don't need this, but because you were willing to help me, I'm going to give you this. And he'd give them 500 or a thousand, or he'd take them into a store and buy them the things that they needed. Or he would go buy, for example, a homeless person, he'd go buy maybe a sleeping bag and some food and some shoes and socks and, and the list goes on. Uh, and so I, I was doing that of a more along the lines of giving food to an, to a person who needed it. And I really, I, I felt good about doing that. But like I said, it felt as if, if I had been impressed. And that impression I felt came from my father. Mm -hmm. And I found out through the memorials, and I, I kind of knew this intuitively, that he was a very honest man, very straightforward, didn't pull any punches. He wasn't one of those macho guys or anything like that. Uh, but he was still a good a very good, very strong uh, father role model. And so when I think about your affirmations and I think about acts of kindness, mm -hmm. um, it seems to me that, that there needs to be that sort of outward, ex outward expression. Wonderful that this gal, she chose to make these decisions and face her fears and, and enter that contest. Mm -hmm. um, and so she not only put herself out there, but I have to believe that through that act, she touched a whole bunch of people in ways that she can't even measure. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Uh, well, you know, that actually reminds me of a, of a story that I heard. Um, it was a, a, a business teacher who said, okay, so, and by the way, you know, because I, I've helped people, you know, increase their income very quickly. It's kind of like winning the lottery. 
-hmm. So I've done a lot of, you know, studies of lottery winners and why so many lottery winners, you know, get all the money. And then of course they lose it. And the ones who don't lose it, you know, the ones who keep it or, or, you know, are able to grow it, let's say. Yeah. And there's a very big difference, of course, between those two groups. But, um, you know, I uh, was interested in this story that said that, let's say, you know, you get a large increase in income quickly, you know, whether it's winning the lottery or just, you know, scaling your business or whatever it might be. The thing that you do is, first of all, you don't tell anybody that, you know, you have all this money now. What you do is you make a list of all of your family members and, you know, whether they're close or not close, you know, distant, whatever they might be. Right. And then you call each one of them and ask to borrow four thousand dollars. And you say, listen, you know, I need some money. I'm kind of in a jam right now. Can you help me out? And what's going to happen? Of course, every single one of them is going to say, oh, you know, well, I'd love to help, but I can't do it right now, you know, or things are tight or whatever, 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 right? So then after you've gone through the list and you've gotten all the no's, all the rejections, then you can announce that you have all this money. And now what's going to happen? They can't go to you now. <laughs> they can't They can't say anything because you just showed them, you know, when you're in need, they didn't help you. So now that you have all this abundance, uh, they're not going to exactly be able to go with their handout to you. So I thought that was a pretty clever way of doing that because when you realize that it is, uh, you're going to get people coming out of the woodwork with their hands out once you start, you know, increasing your income, increasing your abundance, increasing your wealth, whatever it may be. So I just thought that was a cool story and a, a very clever example of reciprocity. Yeah. What about this uh, this aspect of reciprocity combined with gratitude in that context of saying, look, I've got I've got all this this money it may be hundreds, it may be thousands, it may be millions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you are of that, we'll call it a philanthropist mentality, yep. but certainly you don't want to take it, take the whole thing, hundred percent of it and give it away because you've got to live yourself. Right. But uh, some, some might say, well, you need to tithe, you know, and all of that. And, and what, however that all manifests, but that you do want to help certain. I mean, for example, if, if, when, I, 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 when, <laughs> I uh, have, let's say, six digits in front of the decimal point. Six. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. Uh, I am. I there. There. There are two charities, specific charities. Yep. I don't actually. I don't even call them charities. I shared with you uh, before we started about the the radio reading service that I worked for. Uh, for uh, a good uh, 10 or 12 years, as a matter of fact, even did a program on the station. I produced hundreds and hundreds of hours of programming. Mm. And I would give uh, a, a fair slice of, of of that to them because they that is the station that gave me my start, that gave me the opportunity. Uh, they have what's called an oral reading test, all right, where you read and they've had people, newscasters and radio broadcasters and just regular people and on and on and on. And I'm going to tell you and our audience, I've taken it five times. Mm. Okay. Now, the last time I took it was when I was in my late 20s, maybe early 30s. All right. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I haven't passed it yet. And yet, here I am. Okay. Uh, so I want to support that effort because to me, that is the ultimate format for radio is to provide the printed word to people who don't have access. And when I moved to Santa Barbara, they had a, a, a recordings for the blind and get this dyslexic. And it took me a little bit of time to figure out why the dis. Oh, got it. Okay. Makes sense. So uh, that's one. And another one is here in Santa Barbara, uh, ASAP, which is a a cat rescue organization that we fostered for for many years. So I've got two. But then I would, as I'm watching Zach on those shorts, I'm thinking, yeah, that would be cool to be able to help other people out. It might be short term, but still, 
It puts a smile on their face, maybe a tear in their eye because they don't expect to be treated that way. But then I would love to be able to help them to break the cycle. What you just talked about in terms of lottery winners. Uh, So that's my dream on my scale. What about changing one's uh, attitude, one's perspective on gratitude, um, one's perspective on changing the world, one person at a time, however that may manifest and so forth, in light of all of the programs that you have available to people uh, and and uh, how the maybe how those four focus uh, focus factors factor in to, yes. to have that changing. Absolutely. Well, there are so many stories. When you go to our website, you'll see one of the things that I'm known for is helping people make more in just 12 weeks than they did in the previous 12 months while winning back one to three hours per day and four to eight weeks per year. So we have lots of programs that do that one-on-one coaching, group coaching. I'll give you a quick story based on what you were just talking about. And uh, I remember one client, his name's Brian, and he's uh, from Massachusetts. And he came to my program and he'd spent lots of money, lots of time on all those seminars, kind of like a seminar junkie, like I was talking about earlier. Um, And he was doing okay in his business, you know, doing well, um, you know, doing like, you know, about six figures or so. But, you know, he knew he could do a lot more than that. And he just kept hitting that ceiling no matter how hard he tried. And so he joined a program that I have called the 12-week breakthrough, where I help you make more than 12 weeks than the past 12 months while actually gaining, winning your life back. Well, so he actually followed my power habit system, followed the program, and in less than 12 days, not 12 weeks, 12 days, he made $95,000 as a result of what I showed him, $95,000. Now, he's in real estate, so he was able to make that doing these real estate deals. So he basically made $100,000 in less than two weeks, Mm -hmm. and he had never done anything like that before. I mean, nothing close. And so he said to me that, you know, Noah, because we have these systems in place now, I'm able to get done in 15 minutes what used to take me three hours. And so what I like to talk to people about is, you know, when we look at those four focus factors, time, energy, relationships, and money, time really is the most valuable resource because it's the only one that we can't replace. And so what Brian did was he realized that now that, you know, I'm making the money that I want, I'm having the impact, I really want to leave a legacy. So just like you were just talking about, he decided for him, that was his local church and his church had been you know, very good to him and he'd you know, been a member of it for many years. And so what he decided to do was actually do a fundraiser for that church using the, the system that I actually taught him. And he was able to, you know, through these systems, able to actually raise $1.2 million for his church. They built an extra wing on the church because of the money that they had raised and they actually dedicate it to my client, Brian. So, I mean, just the, imagine the impact that you can have, right? Every one of us can have such a big impact, but we really have to look at our disempowering beliefs that, we're, that may be holding us back right now. You know, we have to look at these questions that we're asking that may be really not very good questions, like, yeah. you know, I talked about earlier. And then, you know, using these systems, that's what I want people to realize is that Help is available. There is, you know, a systematic process. So you don't have to figure it out on your own. You don't have to run around all these seminars. We do it very systematically and frankly, very quickly so that you really can win your life back in a very short amount of time. What about uh, expectations? Is there an issue with expectations when beginning this program? Because they'll read those stories and the, oh yeah, that's what I want to do. And it's like, it doesn't it doesn't manifest exactly the same way for every single person. Oh, of course not. I mean, everybody's different. You know, everybody comes from a unique background, has their own unique head trash, as I call it. You know, the unique limiting beliefs that they may have been, you know, believing for, you know, decades. And so the nice thing about this process, my methodology, is that it doesn't really matter. You know, this isn't like therapy or, you know, vision boards or, or watching YouTube videos. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that, you know, I did all of those things for years and years and they didn't really help me that much. So what I've done is I've spent a, a crazy amount of time assembling and curating all this information because you could spend years and I did. I mean, I spent years doing this, trying to piece it together all by myself. And so now that I've curated it and systematized it, people can actually get there a lot faster than I did, you know, because it took me so much 
time and effort to go and expense really, you know, money yeah. <laughs> spending all these, you know, all these thousands of dollars to go to all these different programs. And so, yeah, of course, I want you to have expectations and I want you to realize that, you know, no matter where you are or no matter what your head trash is, you know, the system really takes care of itself. I had one client say to me years ago, he said, Noah, do you, do you realize that your coaching is the only coaching that fixes every other coaching? And I said, you're right. It kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's true. And then I was, I was happy it came from one of my clients. That means I didn't say it. You know, he said it based on his experience. It was nice. Well, I'll tell you that the information that you have provided to us here just on this short little program um, uh, is, is invaluable. There's no question about it. And uh, obviously uh, not taking away from anyone, I, whatever your goal is, uh, I would support you in that. But at the same time, I probably like you, uh, I might ask, but is that really, all right, if you dig deeper, is that really, really what you want? Do you really want a boat? Do you really want a Corvette? Do you really want your own Learjet? It's uh, a, a you know, penthouse apartment. Are those really the things? And I bring this up because of uh, what you're, I'm sure you're familiar with. It came out many years ago called The Secret. And the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that one of my guests pointed out about the law of attraction was that they left something out. Now, they didn't necessarily do it on purpose, but they left something out. And that is just because you want it, does that mean it's in your best interest, specifically on a higher spiritual level from the universe's point of view in terms of your life's purpose? You know, I mean, I, I, I don't mind if I rent a kayak and jump out into the Pacific Ocean there and paddle out a little ways and so on and so forth. I don't need a yacht. I don't need a, a, a mega cruiser or whatever that might be. You know, this sounds mighty, mighty strange. I've had a number of cars since I've been driving and I've only been driving since I was 38 and I'm 63 now. My favorite car, which I wish I could get back. I totaled it by piling into the back of a gal who was driving a convertible Mustang. You know, she only had $500 damage and my car was totaled and it was a Chevy Metro. I love that little car. Oh man. Anyway. Um, but what about that in terms of all of this? Uh, and, and again, going into that question deeper, is that really, really what you want? Well, I help a lot of people get clear on what they want, you know, to your point. And that is, you know, like I said earlier, when we look at the four focus factors that I talk about in the book, time, energy, relationships and money. If you think about it, we all want something in those four dimensions, right? We there's nobody wants less time, less energy, bad relationships and less money. So mm -hmm. when you look at that, that I call that your pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Well, everybody's pot of gold is different. Right. And so my job as, you know, the the coach is to, number one, help you determine what is your pot of gold. Then number two, determine, is that in your best interest? And number three, of course, let's get a system. Let's get a plan. Let's get a roadmap together so that you can reach your pot of gold faster and easier than you ever could by working on your own. So that's a big, big part of what I do. And I've got, you know, more stories that I could possibly share of that, you know, the fact that it works. So I'm what I'm most proud of, you know, and yes, you know, I've certainly used my own methodologies to, you know, make good money. Right. Yeah. And that's that's good. But I'm much more proud of my clients success stories. I'd rather brag about my clients than me any day. And that's because I that's how I knew long time ago when I first started doing this, that this was a system. It's a system when you know when it's a system is when you know it works for anybody, as long as they take the action. It's not magic, right? You don't wave right. a magic wand. That'd be nice. But no, we have to take the action. It's just like, you know, anything. If you want to get in shape, you have to eat right and exercise and do those things. You can't just think about it. And yeah. so that's, it's the same with me. So it's not, it's not positive thinking per se. It's beyond that, it includes that. But we have to do a lot more. And that's the kind of people that I love working with because that's the people who are action takers and that's who gets results. You live by a philosophy that I have uh, I have adopted for many, many years, decades, literally. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is when I'm doing different projects and so forth. Uh, my goal in that project is not to be successful. It's to make the client successful because if they are, then I am. Right. 
and uh, uh, and it takes the focus where it really does belong. And I I fought for a number of years with people who would say, Richard, you're underselling yourself. I wasn't charging enough, they thought, for the project. And back when I was working for a Christian radio station, local ministers, pastors, and so forth, they didn't have a whole lot of money. Most of them. Most of them didn't. And I would rather do the project for the little that I would get. But I actually got more than the the monetary thing because I got the experience. I got to learn how to do different things. Uh, There was one project where this guy gave me a bunch of reel-to-reels, and every time I put one up, it would squeak, and I had to figure out how, because the oil had dried out, I had to figure out how to do that. So I got a can of silicone spray. I got it through. I was able to record them without them squeaking and then provide him these these audio tapes on uh, on cassette uh, and so forth. Um, I I even had a boss back then who lived by the law of, I'm sure you know this one, the law of diminishing returns. Don't put out more than you expect to get back. And I, I just, I just couldn't do that. It just it was not in my wheelhouse, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. I'm sure that uh, there are, that's part of the I think the the head trash that that he lived with. I'm not even sure if he's still alive. He might have passed on, but uh, nonetheless, uh, he taught me a valuable lesson through his choosing to adopt that. You know, the whole thing about Murphy's Law. You know, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. It's like, yeah, but maybe uh, whatever can go right is a good thing. Or however you want to phrase it. Uh, Dr. Noah St. John is my guest, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, and we are uh, closely wrapping up here because uh, Dr. St. John's got to move on to other things here. So do I. Uh, We have time, uh, short time left here. I'd love to have you back on the program. And I also have three final questions that I would like to ask you that I ask all of my guests. But again, thank you so much for giving us this time. My pleasure. All right, fire away. (laughs) All right. Well, before I ask those questions, I have to address you, the listener and the viewer, and thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., 9 a.m. on Wednesdays for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We are streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon on music and many other locations too numerous to mention uh and sometimes i get going pretty fast we're also on youtube uh where you can also watch these interviews we hope that you'll subscribe but at the very least click notification so that when i put up a new conversation you can listen to that if you'd like to support the work that we are doing here on uh, tell me your story we would greatly appreciate that that's why we have a paypal account it's there for your security as well as ours and when you do that they're going to ask you for an email address to whom to send the support the contribution and it's richard at richarddugan.com and also Take the time during this, the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, to go within and that still listen to that still small voice. We we encourage you every program to do that and that we hope you will, even if it's just a couple of minutes. It doesn't take long. Uh, I've gotten to the point now where I don't necessarily stop for a period of time. I'm just keeping myself open to whatever impressions. It's like what I was sharing earlier about that impression that I got from my dad uh, and just following through with it. it. It didn't hurt me and it helped somebody, even if it was a short-term help, it's better than not helping them at all, just walking past them. Anyway, moving right along to those three final questions. The first one is, and I'm going to go at it from this angle, doctor, who is Noah St. John? Uh, Noah St. John is an author, speaker, coach, mentor, the father of affirmations, the mental health coach to the stars, and someone who just loves to make a difference in the lives of others. What is your life's purpose? To raise the consciousness of the earth one question at a time. And what was your best day? (laughs) My best day was April 30th. Uh, 2011, my wedding day uh, to my beautiful wife, Babette. And geez, it's just been a, it's been a dream ever since. (laughs) Well, again, uh, we thank you for being a part of what we're doing here on Tell Me Your Story. And we look forward to having you back again to, uh, to do it again and talk further about this, go deeper 
go deeper into some of these things and uh, encourage people to get a hold of you through your website, uh, Dr. Noah St. John, or it's actually noahstjohn.com. We will be linked to your website as well. So again, thank you so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal. Jeanette, I am still listening. And dad, be happy because I am.